Well, I prayed for some time about what the Lord had had me preach this morning. And uh, the Lord, of course, is very faithful to answer prayer. So he gave me a word. So I'm going to do my, best, my very best to preach it. So if you got your Bibles, you might turn to Psalm 42. And then we'll be having a couple other scriptures, one from Matthew 5 and one from Philippians 3. Psalm 42, verse number 1. As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continuously say to me, Where is your God? You ever wonder that? Where are you, Lord? Job wondered. He hadn't gone anywhere. Where is your God? Then I remembered these things. I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Then we'll turn over to Matthew chapter 5, verse number 6 on the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Verse number six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And then over to Philippians chapter three, verse number 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are God who hears and answers prayer. You said you have not because you ask not. So long, so many times, Lord, we, we have a tendency to forget about prayer, to do everything else but pray. But, oh, God, we thank you that when we do cry unto you, when we heed Jesus' words and says, men ought always to pray and not faint, when we heed those words, oh, God, you hear us and you answer us. And, God, you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think or imagine in our heart. God in heaven, I just thank you for the privilege of preaching the word today. God, we just pray that you which send that anointing of the Holy Ghost that's been on the worship and on the prayer and on the praise, uh, uh, on the singing and the praising, oh God, that that same anointing would rest on me that I might be able to preach the word of God that you stirred up in my spirit that I might be able to preach it in such a way that the word will come alive and impact our hearts today. Lord, help us to leave here different than we came. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. We're believing you, Lord. We're trusting in you. 
And we're asking you to have your will and way, and we'll give you all the praise in Christ's name. And everybody said, Amen. I can remember 9-11. How many remember 9-11? I mean, I know where I was. I know where I was when that took place. I, I, for some reason, we had gone up to the church early that morning, and uh, we were doing stuff. I don't even remember what we were up there for. I mean, it was a regular day, but we were up there a little bit earlier than usual. And uh, I can remember somebody called and said, have y'all got a TV on? I said, no. We had a little TV in the nursery, so I went in there and flipped it on and uh, flipped it to a local channel. Of course, all the channels were covering what was going on, and it was showing the one tower burning at the top and talking about how that uh, a plane had flown into that tower, and you know, and it, everybody was talking about it, and we were looking at it, and. I'm watching, and as I'm watching, I see another plane coming in, and it crashes into the other tower, and it starts a huge flyer because both of them were full of fuel. And I thought in my heart right then, my heart just sank. I thought, this is not an accident. This is not, a, this is deliberate. There's something going on. My heart just sank, and of course, it came out pretty quick that this was a terrorist thing and that there was other planes and they grounded all the planes in the nation. And it was a really, it was a time of a real upheaval in our nation and uh, people were concerned and worried and afraid and nobody knew what was happening. Uh, would this forever change the way we lived here in the United States of America? And I can remember all that, and I can remember that uh, uh, something that else that happened besides people being uh, concerned and uh, uh, some, a lot of people were afraid and fear was gripping the hearts of people, but I also remember that we came together. There was a unity there. There was a unity like I hadn't seen in my lifetime and everybody began to, to fly American flags on their house. So I, I can remember turning down a street where the parsonage was, and, and just all the way down both sides of the street, people had flags. And everybody all of a sudden was just, hey, we're Americans. We're Americans, and we're going to stand against this evil. And so we became one. And I, I remember also that in our service, we stood and sang, God bless America, every time we came together. Every time we came together, we stood and sang that. And you know that uh, if you watch it baseball games, when you could watch them, if you watch baseball games, you would see in the seventh inning, when they have the seventh inning stretch, there's still a whole lot of places that, that sing, God bless America. That's when that started. That's when that started. Uh, people wanted to know that they were behind their nation and and it, it was trouble waters but but we were going to hang in there we we're going to hang together and we we're going to see this thing through and something else that happened during that time was churches begin to fill up churches begin to fill up all across the land churches begin to fill up and people began to come out to the house of God that hadn't, hadn't had any interest in coming to God. It seemed like there was a new God consciousness 
consciousness being awakened across our land. And uh, all of a sudden, people, people were uh, turning to God. And I just want you to know something, folks. We're in a kind of a similar time right now. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm a little, little uncertain on my feet. I got new shoes. I'll blame it on those. <laughs> I won't blame it on age and bad knees and stuff. So anyway, uh, you know, this just, it was a time of uncertainty. And this is a time of uncertainty. It's a time when a lot of people are afraid, really afraid. And we don't know where this thing's going or how bad it's going to get. And, and uh, it's another time. But I want to tell you something, folks. We don't have to wait till there's a crisis to want to go after God. It ought to be a lifelong pursuit, my friend. It ought to be something we're doing all the time. Hunger for God. That's what the title of this message is. Hunger for God. We ought to be hungry for God. We ought to be going after God. It's a lifetime thing. We ought to be going after God. David, I read this psalm, and this psalm is a lot of times attributed to David, but it, it's a contemplation of the sons of Korah. It's not actually a psalm of David, but if you compare it to Davidic psalms, you'll find that uh, it flows just exactly like David had written it. And David was certainly a man that was hungry for God. He was hungry for God. He had a passion for pursuing God. And folks, we ought to have a passion for pursuing God. We ought to be hungry for God. We ought to be hungry for Him. Aren't you hungry for God? Aren't you hungry for Him to show up? Aren't you hungry to be in His presence? Don't you love it when He moves? Don't you like it when the Holy Spirit begins to move in our midst? We need to be hungry for God, folks. A lot of people have lost their spiritual appetite. Man, we need to recover that spiritual appetite. There's something wrong with us when we don't want to eat. I guarantee you there's something wrong with me when I don't want to eat. If, if, I, if I say, no, I'm not, I, I don't want to eat, it's got to be something wrong because it just doesn't happen otherwise. <laughs> so, folks, a lot of us are that way, man. We, uh, there's chow hounds among us. How many chow hounds do we have out here? I'll tell you what. There's a lot of people that, uh, that, that eat to live. And then there's an awful lot of people like me that live to eat. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, uh, I never turn down a meal. I tell you what, I got a good nose. I can find that food. You just you can hide it, but you can't keep it from me. I'll find it. But folks, a lot of us, uh, you know, uh, there are times when you're sick and when 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 you're all down that you're just not hungry. You don't want to eat. Your appetite's suppressed. But I'm telling you this morning, folks, we need to awaken our spiritual appetites again. We need to be hungry for God. We need to be passionately pursuing Him. Hallelujah. And so, this is something we ought to be doing all the time, not just when a crisis comes along. You know, if you're in a plane, it's got four engines, and you're flying at about 35,000 feet, and all of a sudden one engine goes out. Well, you got three more. So, uh, you know, you, you, everybody's, all right, pilots say, oh, okay, be calm, you know. Well, 
when that second one goes out, I mean, the pilot saying, be calm, not working anymore. And by the time that third engine goes out, I'm telling you folks, there's some crying out to God going on in that plane. People in there are praying their life praying. Folks, we don't have to wait till all three engines are out before we start praying, before we start turning to God, before we start seeking God. We need to turn to Him every day. We need to go after Him every day. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, a uh, passionate pursuit of God ought to be a journey of a lifetime. Praise God. So, we're going to be looking at this for a little while together this morning. I'm doing pretty good. It's only 11.15, so I have five points. That was just the introduction. So don't be worried. Because of my appetite, we'll get out pretty, t- pretty much on time. So let's look at this. First of all, we should be hungry for his person. I like alliterations because... One thing of my age, but I've always used them a lot because they help you remember things. And so uh, this is an alliteration of P's. So it'll help you remember this message because it helps me do it, and I'm preaching it, and I need to remember it. So first of all, we should be hungry for his person. After the fall of man... There was a great vacuum left in the hole, in the heart of humanity. A great vacuum, a a God-shaped vacuum was there that remained when God departed. Though we try everything on earth to fill this void, nothing seems to do the job. We're driven by a hunger for something, and we don't know what it is, and we, we... we reach out to everything around us. We reach out to everything in the world. And we even reach inside. And we try this and we try this. And we run there and we run here. And we do this and we do that. And yet nothing seems to quite satisfy that gnawing hunger down in our soul. And it's because God left that there. He left that there. That's, that's where religion came from. You know what religion is? Religion is man reaching out for God. Uh, people are reaching out into the unknown, they, they, and they're just groping and feeling for something, and they, they don't know what they're looking for. And they, they look in all the wrong directions. Well, God, who loves us, he saw our dilemma. He saw our dilemma God, you know, he wants fellowship with us. It wasn't his idea to kick us out of the garden. We the ones did it. You know, there's only one thing you couldn't do then. I got a whole lot of things that are wrong for me to do now, but they only had one thing, one little bitty thing. Just this one tree, we often call it an apple tree, but the Bible didn't say what kind of tree it was, but it had fruit. And he was in the middle of the garden and said, you can eat of all these trees. Big garden, lots of trees. But don't eat of this one. So what they do? They ate of the one they weren't supposed to. So it's not God's fault that we're not immortal. 
You know, Adam was immortal. He would have never died had he not sinned because death came with sin. Wasn't any death. So sin entered the picture. So when God had to kick Adam and Eve out of the garden, when the race fell, it left a hole, a big hole. And men's been trying to fill that hole. They, they go over where searching. They don't know what's driving them, but it's down their gut somewhere. It's down on the inside somewhere. And they've got a, they're just trying to scratch that itch. You know, I got an itch right here on my shoulder blade. It's there all the time. And I can't reach it this way or this way. And sometimes I just have to go up against something if it's itching bad enough. And, you know, or if I'm home, I can, I can solicit my wife's help, and she will scratch it for me. But then I know payback's coming because she loves to have her backs scratched. And so, you know, I try not to ask that too often. But there's itches that we can't scratch. And we can feel them and we know they're there and we want to scratch them and we, we try everything and they just don't go away. And that's the way it is with that God-shaped hole that's left in your heart if you don't know the Lord. You've got a hunger for something. You don't know what it is. And God saw that dilemma, so he took care of that. He sent Jesus. Jesus came to reconcile us back to our God. Hallelujah. He came to fill the void that was in our heart. We know God through Jesus. Praise God. We can get to know the one that we're hunting for if we just meet Jesus. Praise God. Jesus told his disciples, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. He also said, I'm in the Father and the Father in me. I'm not preaching oneness. I'm just saying that when you see and think about God the Father, when you see Jesus, you're seeing God the Father fleshed out. Hallelujah. And we can relate to him, and he can relate to us, and it makes him the perfect uh, a reconciler to reconcile us back to God. And he came and he died that we might have life and have it abundantly. And Jesus is the only thing that will satisfy that hole in your heart. Hallelujah. And so that hunger is there, but Jesus is what you need. Man, if you don't know Jesus, don't leave this place with that gnawing there, with that yearning there. I'm telling you, it's Jesus that you need. Hallelujah. He's the only thing that can scratch that itch. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Secondly, we should be hungry for his presence, his manifest presence. Wow. To be where he's making himself known. Wasn't that sweet this morning? Wasn't it? <laughs> That's being in the presence of the God. Don't you get hungry for that? I hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's what that New Testament scripture said. We hunger and thirst after righteousness. Praise God. And it said if, we'll, if we're hungering, we'll be filled. If we're thirsty, we'll be filled. Hallelujah. Paul, who, who was... An older man, when he wrote that verse I read in 
Philippians chapter 3, he, he was an older man. He'd been serving to God. And if there was ever a man that was on fire for God, Paul, the apostle, was. He used to be Saul's surname. They changed his name to Paul when he met Christ. If anybody, anybody ever was on fire for God and loved God, it was him. He wrote more than half New Testament uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And yet when he's uh, been in the Lord a long time, he says, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his comfort, the fellowship of his suffering. Oh, mercy. Paul was still hungry for God. He had been serving him. He had been everywhere, preached everywhere, seen everything, and he's still hungry for God. I just got to know him. I got to know more of him. I got to have more of him. More, more, more Jesus. More Jesus, more Jesus. He was hungering and thirsting after God. Praise God. How's your appetite this morning? Are you hungry? <laughs> i tell you what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to do what the Bible says. Peter, uh, when he preached his sermon one time, he said, well, i tell you what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to stir up your memory. I'm trying to stir up your memory. Hey, remember when you was really on fire for God and close to God? Remember how God, you just love being in his presence? Man, you didn't have to worry about a lot of things because you had such a hunger for God and such a pursuit for God that nothing really mattered but being close to him, full of him. Hallelujah. In his presence, his fullness of joy, the word of God says. Praise God. Oh, I'm hungry for his presence. I want to see a mighty outflowing of the Holy Spirit. I want to see a move of God. I want to see it come here. I want to be part of it. I want to be in it. I want to be in the middle of it. Praise God. Glory to God. I'm on a pursuit for God. And I'm old, but I'm still hungry for him. I've been doing this a long, long time, a lot longer than many of y'all have been alive. But I'm telling you what, I'm still hungry for God. I want more of Jesus. I want more of his presence. I want to be in the midst of a move of God where God is breathing and moving. Praise God. Hallelujah. Man, I hope I've been awakening your appetite this morning for more of God. I hope I'm stirring up your spiritual hunger. Glory to God. That's the purpose of this message. Why else would God have me preach it? He wants to stir up hunger in your heart for Him so you'll go after Him like you should be doing. Praise God. Glory to God. I want to see Him show up in a mighty way. In Ezekiel chapter 40, if you, if you want to read that sometimes, it's a very good chapter. And it, it's got a picture of a river, and it begins uh, in the temple right next, flows out from under the altar. I think that's very significant. <laughs> it comes from where the sacrifice was made. That altar in the new covenant would be the cross. That river would start at the cross be flowing out. And the funny thing about this river is it flowed out, and it flowed out of the temple, and uh, they was moving along this river, and 
Uh, at first, it, it was a shallow stream, and you could wade out there in your ankles. And then if you walked on down a little bit further and kept going down this river, you could wade out there, and it'd be to the knees. And then a little further down this river, it's getting deeper and wider all the time. You could get out there, and it'd be clear up to your waist. And then, and then you'd be like I am when I go to the ocean. I don't get out any farther than this because I get... I get uh, insecure, I'll put it that way. But uh, anyway, you, you can go a little farther and get out there and you can be clear up your chest. It says if you go down a little farther, it's a river that can't be forded. It's waters to swim in. Praise God. And guess what this is? This is a river of life. Everywhere it flows, life springs up. It flows in a desert, it becomes a garden. Praise God. Because the river's flowing. I'm just trying to encourage you to get out of that shallow water, move on downstream and get in those waters you can swim in. Pursue Him. Hallelujah. Get after God. Go after God. Get down in the deep waters where you can swim. Praise God. Glory to God. For His presence... Thirdly, we should hunger for his power. Aren't you hungry to see miracles? You know, if you, I'm, I want to read a scripture. The Great Commission is, is present uh, a lot of times you read the end of Matthew, but I'm going to read the end of Mark. Mark chapter 16, begin reading with verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Not just the apostles, but believers. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it'll by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Hallelujah. As they went out and ministered, God showed up and confirmed the words with confirming signs. Hallelujah. Folks, I believe God's power is available to us today. I believe that we ought to be able to expect what happens uh, not just to be natural. I believe we can expect things to go beyond natural into the supernatural because we're serving a supernatural God. And Jesus said, these signs, greater signs than these will you do. He said, greater signs than these will you do. And so he was talking about his miracles. He said, when I'm gone, the Holy Spirit comes. He's going to bring his power to bear in the church. And these miracles are going to continue. Folks, Gideon had a pretty good question. 
when the angel of the Lord came and called him a mighty man of valor, and he said, if the Lord is with us, where be all his miracles? Interesting question. If the Lord be with us, where be all his miracles? I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm, I like to see things miraculous. It does something for me. When somebody gets up and testifies and says, I had cancer. I did all that medical science could do. I took chemo. I took, uh, I took uh, radiation therapy. I had surgery and still the cancer persisted. There was nothing man could do. And I cried out to God. And my God took the cancer away. And I'm cancer free today because I'm a miracle of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm telling you what, miracles encourage us in the faith. Man alive, when you see the miracles, you know Christ is with you. He said, I'll be with you to the end of the earth. And his miracles confirmed the fact that he was there and he was with them. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs and wonders following. Hallelujah, folks. I, I want to see more of the supernatural power of God manifested in the lives of people and in the ministry of the church. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is still a God of power. He said you shall receive Power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You should receive power. That word power right there in the Greek. Now, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I know how to read people that are. <laughs> and so that word is dudamus, where we get our word dynamite. That's the kind of power, explosive power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the explosive power of the Holy Spirit is in us. Praise God. Glory to God. You ever, you ever hear somebody say somebody, somebody's a ticking time bomb? Well, that's a negative statement. That means they've got a really bad temper and uh, really bad a lot of stuff, and they're just about to erupt, and you better watch it being around them when they erupt. Well, we've got power, only it's on a positive frame. It's on the other side of the spectrum. The mighty power of God is in us and working in us and working through us. And we need his power to be working in us and through us. And that scripture I read in Mark 16 uh, is a good place to lead us to the next point in our message, which is we should be hungry for his purpose. His purpose. Jesus, what was Jesus' purpose? He said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. I came to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus also said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. And the great commission was the last commandment Christ gave the church. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go, uh, begin to hear Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. Keep going till you've got yourself uh, you know, we know the earth is round, so if we keep preaching the gospel in this direction, sooner or later we're going to meet ourselves coming back. And then we're going to have to go this way and do that. We're going to have to keep doing that till everybody on the planet's heard about Jesus. And it hadn't happened yet, but you know, that's our job. We can't quit, we can't quit doing it. We can't 
lay that mantle down. That's the last charge Jesus gave us before he went to heaven. And the Great Commission's in effect till he comes and gets us again. Hallelujah. Praise God. Y'all got awful quiet on me. I guess my preaching must have fell off considerably, but listen to me. Listen to me. I'm telling you, folks, we need to have his passion for the lost. If we don't care about the lost, we don't, we, we don't have the heart of Christ because Christ cared about the lost. When he, when he came and his own people rejected him in his last trip back in Jerusalem, he just said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How often I've gathered you as a hen gathers her brew. His heart was broken because the Jewish people would not hear him and would not turn to him. He came into his own and his own received him not. He had a passion for the lost, whether it was his people or whether it was other people. It says, whosoever will may come. It says, uh, I think it was John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Praise God. Jesus came to save the world. And until the world saved, we ought to have uh, the same passion for the lost that he had, the same purpose he had. We ought to be out trying to bring in, we ought to be hungry for winning souls. I can remember reading this in, uh, when I was in Bible college. I read a book, and it was, it was about, uh, the book was about the Wesley brothers, John and Charles, and Jonathan Whitfield, who were all part of a great English revival, where France had, had the deal they had and turned from God. Uh, they had a reformation. England had a revival. And the English world had a revival. And, and Charles and Jonathan, I mean, Charles and John... Wesley and Jonathan Whitfield were all compatriots. And so uh, Jonathan Whitfield, he came to the colonies to preach. And he wrote a letter back to the Wesley brothers in England. And he said, it's good hunting for souls over here in the colonies. Hallelujah. It's good hunting for souls over here in the colony. What drove him out of England over here? And I'm telling you what, it was quite a hairy trip in those days in a little wooden ship coming across there. What drove him across that ocean to the United States was a thirst for seeing people saved. And he had great revivals here. I read of a place where he was out in the country and people began to hear that he's coming into the area. So they began to gather. And this is on the frontier of the United States of America back in colonial days, there ended up a crowd of 20,000 people gathered to hear Jonathan Whitfield preached. Hallelujah. And he preached. And it was a great, the great awakening. The great awakening happened at that time. With Jonathan Whitfield and other preachers, I tell you, they were leading an awakening in the United States where uh, a hunger and thirst for God began to return to our nation and multitudes were saved. Folks, the church needs to be hungry for his purpose and stay hungry for his purpose. And finally, I'll shut up with this. 
We should be hungry for his place. Hungry for his place. We'll read you a scripture. 14th chapter of John. First verse and following. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. I go to prepare a place for you. Folks, we all ought to stay a little bit homesick for heaven. We're creatures of we're creatures of time, but we're living for eternity. Never forget, we're living for something else. We're just pilgrims and pass and sojourners passing through this life. We're headed somewhere. We're going somewhere. There's a place out there that Jesus is preparing for us and has been preparing for a couple of thousand years now. What a place it must be if Jesus has been working on it that long. Praise God. Hallelujah. And he said, I'm going to come again so that where I am, there you may be also. He's coming to get us, folks, and take us out of here. This is not it. This is preparation for it. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't forget, folks, I don't care what happens here. I'm not staying here. I'm going somewhere. I'm just passing through time, headed for eternity. Glory to God. And I'm homesick for heaven. Praise God. Folks, we can't afford to get so earthbound. We can't afford to hang on to the things of this earth so tightly that we can't let go when it's time to get out of here. <laughs> the blessed hope. The blessed hope. Read those scriptures in First Thessalonians chapter 4 every time I preach a funeral. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Hallelujah. What makes it the blessed hope is who's rapturing us out of here and where he's rapturing us to. Praise God. We have a hope that goes beyond the grave. You know what? If you come back in 15 years from now, it's almost certain that I won't be on this platform preaching because there will be a place that's got a headstone. I hope we'll have, well, I know I'll have a headstone. I'm a vet. They give you a free one. So I know I'll have a headstone. And so, so uh, I, I even got a barrel, but they'll give me a barrel plot. If, if, if I can't come up with one, I can go down to Fort Gibson to that cemetery and be buried there. But I'm going to be pushing up daisies somewhere, and I've already bought, bought lots in Skytook at the cemetery, so I'm pretty sure that's where I'll be pushing up daisies because it's already paid for. And so anyway, 
I'm going to be pushing up daisies. But I won't tell you what. Even my body. That's, I'm not in that coffin. The thing that made me me is not in that coffin. I'm already, be, I'm already with the Lord. But on that great getting up morning, hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. In that great getting up morning, praise God. When the trump of God shall sound, the archangel shouts, and it's a great command comes forth. You know what? When Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, he had to, he had to put Lazarus' name in there or all the dead would have come forth. But this time, he's not, he's not putting any stops on it. All my people come forth. Hallelujah. And we're coming out of there. Praise God. You know, better not be standing on my grave. I'm coming out of that sucker and I'm going to knock you over. Hallelujah. Because, see, I'm going first if I die first. That's what it said. And then, and then when you're getting up dusting yourself off, he'll change you in a moment, twinkling the line, you'll join me in the air. Hallelujah, because I know you're saved and you're ready to go. Hallelujah, you just have to be standing on my grave and got knocked over. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to tell you, folks, we got hope it goes beyond the grave. This is not it. This is preparation for it. We're living now for what's coming. Praise God. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Glory to God, folks. We ought to be hungry for God. We ought to stay hungry for God. I tell you what, you need to get your spiritual appetite back. You need to get your spiritual appetite back. If you don't know him, you need to be hungry for his person. You're already hungry for his person. You don't know it. What you need is Jesus. Come to him and he'll scratch that itch. He'll fill that void. He'll, he'll come into your heart and transform your life. You'll be born again. You'll be adopted into the family of God. I like what the apostle uh, Peter, I think it was, had to say. He said, now, may have been John, now we are the children of God. We're already God's kids. We're just waiting for him to call us home. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I tell you what, folks, we need to stay hungry for God. I'm believing the Holy Spirit to stir your heart this morning, to stir up hunger in your heart so you'll be hungering after his person, after his presence, after his power, after his passion, and after his place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I preach the word of God that you stirred up in my spirit for me to preach. I did it to the best of my ability, Lord. God, it's up to you to take this message and to burn it into the hearts of people and begin to stir up a hunger. God, may there be a hunger begin in our hearts this morning that will drive us to you, that will drive us deeper in you, that will drive us in our quest for winning the lost. That'll drive us, Lord, away from, since you said to set our affections on things that are above. Lord, we've set our affections on things beneath. We need to reprioritize our lives and set our affections on things that are above. 
God, help us today. Stir up hunger in us today. God, may we get a ravenous hunger for you today that'll drive us toward you instead of drifting away from you or instead of just marking time, God, instead of just being satisfied with the status quo. God, stir up hunger. Put dissatisfaction in our heart. Drive us toward you, oh God. In Jesus' Jesus, holy name, thank you, Father. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. I believe I've got a word from the Lord. Come unto me this day, for I am stirring your heart right now to know that you have a need of me. It is me that you're seeking after in your heart, even though you may have turned in many different ways to many different things. But it is me that your heart desires, that hunger that is inside of you, that hole that is in you only I can fill. Come, come, come unto me this day. Commit your heart and your life to me. And I will meet the desire of your heart. I will stir in you a hunger and thirst after me. I will come and take up residence in you. I will change you. I will make a new person out of you. I will set you on a brand new path toward a brand new goal with a brand new vision. For I am the God who loves you and I am the God who gave himself for you that you might have life and you might have it abundantly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's stand together. I know the Lord is tugging on somebody's heart this morning. I don't know who needs to respond and give their heart to the Lord I could make it really easy on you and God can save you in your seat he can save you anywhere but you know the best thing in the world is when we have to come publicly to the Lord right off the bat that's good for us it's good for us because we have to take a stand for Jesus just right off the bat not that you can't be saved another way but I'm I'm looking after your welfare this morning, so I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have us bow our heads in a minute, and and I'm gonna ask you an important question, and I'm gonna ask you to respond to that question, and come to this altar and kneel and pray, and invite Jesus into your heart, and and if some people want to come and pray with you, they may come and pray with you, or if you want somebody to pray with you, somebody will pray with you, but it's Jesus that you need. It's Jesus that you need. Now, whether you respond to this altar call or not, I can't control that. I can only preach the Word. I can only say what I feel like God wants me to say. And the rest is up to you. But if the Holy Spirit is stirring your heart this morning and you know you're not right with God, you know you're not you haven't committed your life to Jesus or maybe you wandered far off from God and you used to serve Him but you, like the prodigal you left Him 
and you feel a tugging and a calling, it's time to come home this morning. It's time to come back to Jesus. I'm just going to ask you to come. Let's, let's bow our heads right now. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everybody in this audience, Lord. I, I pray that the convicting power of the Holy Spirit might be really wrenched up right now, Lord, and might really begin to pull and tug on the hearts of those that are not saved in this audience. And I pray, God, that some of them will have the courage to step out and come down front and seek your face until they're satisfied, Lord, that they are saved. God, I'm believing you to draw them this morning in Jesus' name.